Like a big business tycoon You're just a hot air balloon So no one gives you a damn You're just an overgrown good boy Let me tell you why Here we are with Sponsored by Nobody An off-topic A History of Exposure, 3rd Edition My name is Devin, and here today we have Gary Sam Max Peter Alright gang, so It's been a year since we did the Exalted vs. Godbound podcast That got so much attention And hilariously enough It looks like we're back a year later For another uh, meta Exalted talk Though this one is a little different In scope and tone than the last one was uh, Some new developments have happened With Onyx Path Publishing and Exalted 3rd Edition. Uh, most, you know, the, the, the news being that Holden and Mork, the developers of Exalted 3rd Edition for the last four years, were let go in April. And we've all spent the last couple of months or so gathering information and finding some very strange inconsistencies with Onyx Path Publishing's claim of being one of the more friendly and better uh, RPG employers in the industry, and the ways that they've been paying their freelancers, or rather in the ways they have not been. Uh, We'll get there. Yeah. So, gang, uh, what have we all been seeing? Well, I guess we should start with with history, right? Yeah, let's give some context. Not everyone knows the uh, snaggle that is White Wolf to OPP to Paradox and whatnot. Uh, actually, a lot of people I talk to who aren't, whoever, who never played WAD, uh, as far as they know, White Wolf died years ago and just don't publish things. So uh, a lot of folks just aren't aware that they're still around. Um, do you want me to handle that or do you want to take that, Gary? I think I can do it pretty quick. All right. So basically, um, White Wolf's the game, ever, uh, the company everyone knows that made Vampire Masquerade and so on and so forth, um, was basically purchased by Onyx Path Press some number of years back. Uh, not Onyx Path Press, uh, by Sam Ramis. CPP. By CPP uh, a number of years back. And um, they uh, and they basically wanted the rights to make the VTM, uh, VTM MMO, which never really materialized. But... Over that time, uh, the amount of publications slowed down, and uh, and they hit on a lot of hard times uh, in terms of being able to get in terms of being able to move product, and this resulted in a bunch of the old guard who used to be people from White Wolf spinning off a company called Onyx Path, who licensed um, the ability to produce some of the old game lines and also outright bought some of the old game lines. So Onyx Path includes a lot of the old White Wolf people. Later on, the White Wolf name and all of its material was purchased from CCP by Paradox. And Paradox then recreated a new company called White Wolf. So this creates a nice confusing mess, but the short version is that a lot of the old original White Wolf people are in Onyx Path, and the people who are in Paradox's White Wolf may have a lot of the same old products and IPs, but they're different people. Yes. For listeners' reference, CPP is the company that makes the MMO EVE Online, famous for being a joke about spreadsheets. Paradox Interactive is another game developer. They're uh, from Sweden, and they make uh, tactical strategy RPGs and very in-depth and very engrossing games. So that's just reference to what those guys are. Yeah. So this is actually uh, probably relevant because that... um, that People who have followed Exalted for a long time know that toward the end of 
toward midway round second edition, they were running into some snags. And, uh, and this was partially a result of the fact that CPP was basically uh, starving, um, was starving the RPG uh, branch of resources. And that's what led to Spain of Onyx Path and Exalted 3rd Edition being announced coincided with that. Um, so it sort of rekindled a lot of hope for the game line. That's right. We should we should mention that it is CCP, not CPP. Just, <sighs> but it's it's hard to straight. So yeah, so back uh, sometime around what uh, I remember hearing uh, rumblings of this around 2000, probably 12. That yeah, there was a Kickstarter for Exalted Third coming out May 2013. It popped. It happened. It made a bunch of money. And then the whole Exalted Third Kickstarter fiasco started in earnest, as I'm sure many people here are aware if you're a fan of Exalted. Yeah, I think, let's see, the Kickstarter promised to get booked by the end of the year. It's 2017, and they just released it. So it's over three years late, effectively. Uh, about four years. So, like, just shy of four years. So the Kickstarter for Exalted Third Edition wasn't for Exalted Third Edition. It was for people to get deluxe, awesome copies of the book gold-plated things, really high-quality art, you know, the, the the whole shebang. And those were finally delivered early this year, so four years down the road. Um, and Exalted Third Edition, the actual edition, was always being funded and happening. Uh, this was just primarily a, a sort of sourcing to see who'd be willing to buy into Exalted still. Yeah, we're still waiting on stretch goals from the Kickstarter, like this music suite. Uh, the music suite, a lot of the novels, um, little bits and bobs here and there, things people don't really care about, and things that was later revealed, like a lot of the Kickstarter um, stretch goals were not put in by the developers because they're like, we, we shouldn't waste money on this, we shouldn't waste time on this, we should focus on these things. Emmerich Thomas, uh, the owner of Onyx Path Publishing and basically one of the older vampire guys, like the, the first edition cover of Vampire with that rose on the green marble, he's the guy that made that cover. That's how old this guy is. Uh, he basically forced a bunch of these stretch goals in and against the developers' wishes, so they had no control over them and they're not materializing yet for obvious reasons. Well, especially that one with uh, Anathema. That was entirely a fan project. Like, so oh, a lot of people were confused and sort of a little excited because it was pretty popular or to uh, help people make characters once three actually dropped. But all the uh, Anathema people basically left at about the end of uh, 2E and never really came back. Yeah, and so that was a stretch goal that was impossible to really provide. Well, now I'm sure Rich T will be will be sure to split hairs on this, so we should probably clear that part up. Anathema is a character creator for... Um... Exalted, where that helps you build a character because the system is fairly crunch-intensive, kind of like how Eclipse Phase and Shadowrun has their own versions. And the stretch goal was to have the source code and... Or not the source code, sorry. That has nothing to do with this. To have the, the actual mechanics for charms and mechanics for the system given to the Anathema team so they could make a character creator software. And I can read the exact stretch goal wording. Oh, shit. Go for oh, it. Oh, shit. Facts. Our X3 dev team will collaborate to create the official EX3 Anathema Character Management Toolkit. This free software has evolved and grown with the development of Exalted, but now is our aim to collaborate with the Anathema team for an X3 version that releases with X3 itself. Uh, Anathema dissolved and never happened, and Rich T has gone on the forums and said, oh, well, the Kickstarter said... We would only provide the information to the team. It's not our fault that the team dissolved. So huh. 
They really shouldn't have uh, phrased it like that, then. That makes me look like an asshole. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of interesting that they already put themselves out there as they're going to basically take ownership of this project, because it sort of sounded like that, and, well, that didn't happen. Sort of implied in the word official. Well, that's the least thing yeah. that didn't happen. I, I think that's a good point, though, is is when you say it's the least thing that didn't happen, this is actually... Um, this is representative of a slew of different goals that were sort of put out there without giving um, without giving a lot of thought to the particulars of what it would entail and the amount that it would tax people both within the development team and outside the development team. I think that's a good enough kind of little bird's eye view into problems the project had, but really that's that seems to all be in the past now because we're in a new era now. We're in the era of the freelancers getting screwed, so... This all kind of yeah. informs that, though, and we'll, well probably have to come back to it. Well, there's one or two particular areas where they overlap, and uh, like, for instance, uh, when Kickstarter goals include things like the developers are going to be forced to run games for the fans. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. So now now you have to imagine that after after uh, Holden Mork were officially let go in April, and this was hinted at a bit in the background, um, they started talking about problems they had with OPP, mostly because OPP wasn't paying them and wasn't giving them compensation they were contractually owed. And since they weren't ever going to get work with them again, why not bring it to the fans? Why not let people know? You know, kind of put them in the position to do it, which is kind of what this, uh, this whole little episode is going to end up being one of those little leveraging things for. It's going to be like, hey, people, you should know about this, and maybe they'll actually pay them. But one of the Kickstarter stretch goals for Exalted 3rd Edition, if enough money was put in, and enough money was put in, spoiler alert, uh, was that the developers would get a pay bump. And according to Mor Mold uh, no. according to Holden and Mork, the developers of Exalted 3rd, uh, they have sent several emails and requests and pay sheets to Rich Thomas, and he basically ignored them and never paid them. And whenever they'd ask about it, it he would avoid the question, and he avoided the question right up until he fired them four years later. Let me read the exact stretch goal. At $615,000 of contributions, which, just think about that, $600,000 was easily surpassed for the stretch goal. Oh, almost immediately. Uh, they had three options. Uh, two of them they did not go with. They, it was an option of it. But the third one was an additional 5% pay bump for the creative team. 5% in there as a stretch goal that I believe was chosen directly by the uh the contributors the kickstarters this yeah. was like a put up to a, yeah this was put up to a a vote since you have the page open how many people backed the exalted third kickstarter if you just have that number handy but yeah this is um this is All just right, got it oh perfect four thousand three hundred and sixty eight people yeah, so 4,000 people backed this, and they all voted, we definitely want to see Holden and Mork make more money. And then Rich Thomas, from all the interactions we've heard of him, and from what you can see publicly, went, nah, it's alright. I'll keep that money. Um, there was basically talk in the background when Holden and Mork were hired on that there, uh, there were a lot of big, doughy-eyed promises made to the developers, like, you know, whatever money is left over after the Kickstarter, we could probably just give that back to you guys, you know, as a pay bump, along with your pay bump, you know all these promises and dreams were going to happen and they just didn't from what i've surmised from all the interviews is that there's a lot of verbal agreements which people forget are still kind of binding if you have records of them uh to be 
verbal agreements and verbal deals going on that Rich just never followed through on. I mean, why would you? I mean, you could just fire them and not give them work again, and then you don't have to pay them ever. And and I think that this is actually a pretty good time to point out that um, that Holden and Mork were to some degree a little bit uh, ignorant moving into this. I don't mean to say that to be insulting. The fact is that they were actually fairly new to this business. They were actually elevated fans, as most exalted people as most exalted fans know, they were people who mostly wrote fan supplemental material until they became writers and then got tasked with lead development. So they probably didn't have a lot of experience in the idea of how to negotiate these contracts and how to make sure you aren't getting screwed. And they were hopeful that the people who had given them the opportunity would not screw them over. See how that turned out. Oh, uh, yeah. And this is a pattern of behavior. Basically, anytime you're looking at why didn't this person get paid? Why hasn't this person ever been paid? The answer is emails get sent to Rich Thomas and then Rich Thomas ignores them. And then he publicly goes on and says, oh, if anyone has any problems, please contact me. We want to make this right. But people have been trying to make it right for years now. So now it's just clearly a saving face move. Some of us who had issues with the Kickstarter can vouch for that personally. I mean, yeah, if any of the Kickstarter commenters, you know, you've seen this happen, where uh, where if, if you, what you say isn't what Rich Thomas likes, he'll just ignore you. Uh, he's publicly, <laughs> he's publicly made overtures that the Kickstarter community isn't really people he's interested in talking to, the people that, you know, pay his salary. Um, so he just ignores them when they try to talk to him in the Kickstarter comments and only hears it over on either the OPP forum or in the comments section for the Monday meeting notes on the OPP website. So this is someone who's just willing to just not interact with people who are directly engaged in some sort of monetary transaction with him. Or, in some cases, insulting something that he accidentally did. Mm, yeah. we, can get to, we can get to that long later. That's not really important here. I should probably... Well, I, mean, while, while we're I do want to highlight, though, it is actually a real shame to see this happen, because that whatever your opinion of, of Holden and Mork specifically... They, they were very promising upcoming writers and uh, and for a hobby that needs new people coming into it to see one of the big names take advantage of them, it's got to be really discouraging for new people who want to come in and improve the hobby. That's something I definitely do want to cycle back to as well because a lot of people, you know, Onyx Path Publishing attracts a certain fan um, and Onyx Path Publishing talks about the kind of fan they attract, the kind of person who's a little more conscious about or aware of sort of social issues and whatnot. And the question I have, and I've been actually talking to people about, is how ethical is it to interact with OPP on a financial level um, to make sure that these writers get paid, but to also tell them that you're not happy with how Rich Thomas conducts business and abuses and takes advantage of the very startling American freelancer and uh, intern economy. You know, the, the trend of big business just taking advantage of the small person because the small person never has a large enough voice. But we can we can get back to that later. Um, they always try to go to defense on well, it's just the industry. It's just how the industry works. And as we can, as we can as we've heard from other people in the industry, that's a lie. Yeah, we, we should definitely uh, we should definitely move from talking about you know Kickstarter particulars things like that to the issue of not just where they got their comp their uh, their compensation bump, but Onyx Path's record of paying its people. Yeah. So uh, we should point out at about the 13 minute mark that there is a huge, just huge imager album uh, that is linked with this episode that details interactions between uh, Rich T and the community, Rich T and P on people on a 1v1 level, uh, actual interviews from Holden and feedback from Mork, public Twitter discussions, 
uh, just back and forth. So if you're interested in seeing more of this and, and seeing more of what we're kind of talking about, by all means, check out that album. Uh, it'll be tied to this episode and whatever post we put this up for on whatever websites we put it up on. Uh, there's, a, there's a breadth of information for you to make your own decision and uh, decide, uh, f- decide for yourself if this is something you're, you're okay with or you're comfortable with. Yeah, don't don't take our word for it. Bury yourself in the uncomfortable reality. Like, you know, Old White Wolf would have wanted you to. Nah. Nah. All right. So, yeah, uh, you were bringing that up, Gary. The payment issues. Uh, well, not getting paid in a timely schedule when you're when it is one of your main sources of income and you don't have a, and you're fairly early in life and dealing with a lot of things is certainly not going to help you to get the product done faster. Yes, Onyx Path Publishing has a very curious business model, um, which is the opposite of what you'd ever expect in, and I'm just going to use the word, a real job. Um, apparently, they, they used to have a different model, but the model they've moved to now is you get half-ish of your payment when you submit your final copy. And then you get the rest of it when it publishes. So how does that compare to the hobby generally? Um, there's a few different sources from a few different people on how that works. Um, the trick is, is that that other half, you know, the, the bigger share that you get from when it publishes, is only really worth it if that comes in, say, I don't know, maybe six months after you produce, you, you produce your manuscript, right? But... Because Onyx Path Publishing only has one layout slash editor person, every single Onyx Path product bottlenecks. Uh, and this is the new reveal that we that was just shocking to hear. Like, people were talking about how Exalted Third wasn't being produced enough because the core book came out officially in 2017 was shipped, but the, the actual PDF was on sale maybe up to two years before that. So there was a two-year gulf where no new products were coming out. You know, there wasn't Arms of the Chosen, the Equipment book, or the Dragonblooded book, or the Realm book. And people were asking, well, why aren't Holden and Mork getting this shit done? And the horror is that they had been getting this shit done all over the place. And it's um, the one the one person that does layout that basically takes care of every single project that OPP has. They only put enough money into one per- into one source to get the books made. So there was a Kickstarter stretch goal for what was called Miracles of the Solar Exalted, which was a book of custom charms that the fans selected and that the developers wrote for them. For free, mind you. And that book, uh, uh, I believe Mork did it in two weeks. Twelve days, I think, was uh, was the, the idea he gave. And then that was twelve days from when he got the final notes for the charms. And that book sat in layout for six months. And that's a small book. I I don't know the exact timeline anymore. There's There's a lot to crunch through, but... It was a very small book to sit there that long. It was like ten pages! Yeah. All I needed to do was do some layout. Just pump it out. Throw that bitch in And to be fair, I I don't envy the layout person. He's probably swamped with all the other work, too. Yeah, but you know, it's that speaks to certain inefficiencies that ended up screwing over, screwing over their own developers and writers. Oh, yeah. but it's not the developers' fault. I mean, it's not the uh, Onyx Path's fault. It's Rich and I mean, uh, it's Holden. Yeah, basically, the, uh, the the insinuations were always put on the developers. Were just like, oh, they'll they'll get that content up. By the way, they should also interact with the fan base, even though they're not being paid for that. Or uh, one of the Kickstarter... Uh, did, did we talk about the free sessions they had to run? No, we did not. I think, okay. I, I, think I only briefly mentioned it, but we didn't go into it. 
So one of the Kickstarter backer rewards was, um, Sam, you have it up. How much do you pay to get your free session run? That was a lot. That was a high one. It was one of the biggest ones because you got the actual devs to run an actual game with you. Give me a second. Yeah, sure, no problem. It's all good. But th this is shocking because the devs were contractually obligated with your Kickstarter money to run for you a game of Exalted 3rd Edition over, uh, I believe, Skype. And... $3,000. Oh my god, that's yep. so much. It, it was only available to one guy who acted, and it was filled. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. One person did uh, pick up the $3,000 pledge for this. It was, it was split across a group, I imagine. It was an entire group did the session. That's not just one person. That's a yep. fair chunk but of change. But still, probably, what, four people to $3,000? Yeah, that's that's a lot. That was a backer reward, and well, uh, we found out that uh, Rich T kind of pushed that through, and none of that money went got to the developers. Yeah, at so all. they were just expected to do it. So yeah, for three grand, Holden or Mork were going to run Exalted for you, and they had to. And they're like, well, I'm not going to get paid for this. And Richie's like, don't make a fuss. You're going to do it. And he's like, but I told you not to put this in because we have actual work to do and actual second jobs we have to hold down because we don't get paid any of this money. We don't get paid any of this money until we submit a manuscript, which is going to take forever because we're busy with this stuff you're piling on us. And, and school and whatever. Uh, personal tragedies, all this nonsense, the actual real jobs they have to hold down to pay to be Exalted developers. For the privilege of being an Exalted developer, they had to hold second jobs. Uh, but yeah, for three yeah, grand, uh, it, it, for three grand, people who were hired to be developers, writers for the mechanics, were forced to run games. And what would they do if they said no? Where would that three grand go? Who got it? They weren't allowed to. <laughs> well, I think we, I think we eventually hit the point where the inevitable occurred when you're given so many impossible goals that you are told you must meet. Uh, I think this is a good time to p move on to why the Dragonblooded and Arms of the Chosen books was so delayed. Yeah, let's hit that. Oh, right. All right. Uh, Sam? Let, yeah, let me take care of this. So many people are confused as to why after the Exalted Core, you know, I mean, it's in layout. The, the devs aren't doing anything. Why is there nothing being pushed out like PDFs? And the thing is, well... Holden and Mork were kind of getting tired of all this bullshit that was going on. And apparently they were uh, trying to hash out a contract with Rich T. And Rich just wouldn't return any contracts whatsoever. And he kept saying, well, just keep giving me uh, what you've written. We'll get the contract worked out later. And it kept happening. And it kept happening. And eventually Holden and Mork just said, no, we're not giving you any more work until you give us a contract. Because that contract and, guarantees, you know, payment. Yeah, and Rich fired them. So, all of the arms... Now, I believe, those two facts written. might not be directly connected, but they wanted contracts for payment, and then April 1st, they were replaced. They don't. They're not, they might not be directly related. There could have been more going on, obviously, but these are two facts right. that do coincide. It yeah, could have so, been, my suspicion is that Rich wanted to get as much work out of them and then fire them. I mean, that's uh, just good business if so, there's no consequences to it. So if anyone was watching the um, the Onyx Path uh, Monday morning, Monday meeting notes, 
uh, where they tell you in theory where everything is in development, how much you trust it. You may have noticed that a certain stage, Dragonblooded started moving backwards. Um, and that might have been an indicator that this was that this was on the horizon. Yeah, so all the manuscripts, all the work that Holden and Morka did for uh, Dragonblooded Arms, that sort of stuff, they said, no, fuck you, and they took it back. Well, now, they just never gave it. Well, no, they did give it because the new devs, who, by the way, listeners, are blameless in this. The new devs are fine. They're, they're just, good people. They're, they're making good to do with probably a very bad situation. So the new devs are fine. Don't take your pitchforks to them or anything. Just ignore them. They're fine. But basically, uh, and I actually I actually talked to Lucy Darling, um, one of Holden's friends and one of the writers on Exalted Third for the Dragonblooded, um, and, or the Realm. I don't remember which one. But she was, was doing... Realm. She was doing sections on that stuff. And when Holden and Mork, when the winds of change were coming, she outright told everyone, it's like, if you get rid of Holden, I will not work with you people. I am done. I will leave. I will go back to doing my other work that actually pays money. Not this RPG stuff that that's the kiddie pool where no one pays you anything, expects everything for free. Now, after Holden and Mork were gone, no one was told officially about it. And she had to actually start asking people to be like, hey, do you still have my dragon-blooded work? And they're like, yeah, we do. And then she's like, good, I'm redacting it. You shouldn't be reading it or incorporating it into your work. But no one was officially told that. So that's interesting. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of IP issues there on top of everything else. Uh, maybe, how about right now, they're releasing those antagonist uh, books on drive-thru. You guys heard of this? Yeah, only briefly, but I don't know much about it. So, I guess it, I guess because they want to show that Onyx Path produces stuff now for Exalted, they're releasing these little antagonist splats, little documents for like five bucks that give you a monster to fight in Exalted. Uh, the funny thing is, is one of these monsters is from the third edition core book leaked draft. Like, like it's a monster that was written by Holden and Mork for third edition Exalted that was cut, and because it was cut, they weren't paid for that content. And then after they were gone, Rich T took that content that he didn't pay them for because it wasn't published, and then published it in an antagonist PDF that's being sold on DriveThruRPG. And just to uh, add a little insult to the injury, they screwed with the stats to uh, undermine the delicate mechanical balance Holden and Mork had spent a lot of time trying to work out. Yeah, track down the leak PDF, like just go download it, you'll find it, and then compare it to the antagonist monster, and the numbers have been bloated and it skews the math. It actually makes it actually breaks down the game a bit, and it's a very bad precedent to set for people who are trying to grapple with that age-old exalted problem, which is how the fuck do I run this game? It's another exalted issue that isn't really relevant here, but they fucked with the numbers <laughs> and broke it. So yeah, essentially now you can only uh, deal with it when you engage in some heavy character optimization. Which really isn't the bar you want to set with a product. You don't want new people coming in needing to have a high level of mechanical mastery before they can even play. Yeah, it yeah, was it's one of the big problems that uh, that basically starts sinking even late first and particularly second edition. Yeah, the bloat where you had to assume you always had fives. It wasn't bad enough that they stole work from the previous devs after not paying them and harassing them so long. They then turned that content they stole into a microtransaction and then released it broken. There's spelling mistakes in that doc. Terms are termed incorrectly. There's a battle group in one of them, and the battle group, instead of having 
what the term for battle group health levels are, which I think is what magnitude. Yeah. yeah instead, of, instead of being I'm called not magnitude, sure. there's so many rules in X3. Instead of being called magnitude, the health track for battle groups, they call it health levels. So it's so basically you're you're paying for the privilege of ha for a five bucks of having this monster stat block reading through and finding the mistakes, correcting the mistakes, and then down the road they might release an actual antagonist book, like a monster manual for Exalted, where they might have taken your feedback and fixed it, and then you get to buy it again. In a microtransaction. That they didn't pay the writers for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> again, again, there we go with IP issues again, and... Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that stuff going on, and it just kind of feels like He's just trying to get away with anything he can. Which brings up the interesting question of where did all that money they weren't getting paid go? Well, well it, sure didn't go, it sure didn't go for the books that they were expected to give to the authors. Oh, author comps. So, all right, this is a little bit of a contentious one. We, we actually had um, someone reach out to us when we way back when, if you look at our Twitter, we said that we were going to cover this story, and immediately... A bunch of people reached out to us, and one of the ones we followed up with um, is, I believe, he works on Demon the Fallen for Exalted, or for, for OPP, um, and he was telling us that we were wrong, because we were told that the developers for Exalted are not contractually guaranteed author's comps. Author's comps are free books you get for the book you wrote for White Wolf. Like, if you make a, a, an Exalted book, you get a free copy for you. That's how it's because always. Because it kind of sucks to buy your own book. Exactly, right? It, now. It's also evidence of your contribution. Right? So, uh, White Wolf, the old White Wolf, if you wrote a book, you were contractually guaranteed like three authors' comps. And then over time, it became. And then when OPP took over, it became one authors' comp. And then it became no authors' comp. Or and then and it, it became. became a, it became like a PDF promise no, no, no. wink and nudge. It became a coupon for an at cost version of your PDF. And then it became none of that. Now, you might think, okay, well, if you if you don't want to, you know, it, this is exactly what the guy said. Hey, if you want an author's comp and the contract doesn't say it and you sign that contract, then hey, that's your own fault. You shouldn't have signed the contract. But uh, Rich Thomas, when he took over, uh, when he transitioned from White Wolf to C CCP to Onyx Path Publishing, he said, hey, guys. I, since I'm buying up the IPs, I will also take on the responsibility of all of these outstanding contracts. And I, it is my responsibility to fulfill them. Because, you know, now that I'm reaping the benefits of the IP, I also have to pay up outstanding dues. And Holden and Mork have outstanding books. And a couple other authors in our uh, Imager album say, too, yeah, we have a bunch of outstanding White Wolf books. And they keep bringing it up and keep asking, where is my contractually obligated? Like, you legally owe me as payment. This is compensation book. And Rich T, in front of everyone in a Skype meeting that multiple people were present for, said, it's not happening because it comes out of my pocket. So stop asking about it. Rich Thomas said he does not, he is not going to pay them what they are owed. Because he doesn't feel like it. Please keep in mind that even though this would cost him out of pocket, that not very long after he went on a lavish vacation. Just to, well, just to, that's, just to fulfill I mean, that American dream. That's one of dream. our weaker points. I guess. It, it, it's, it is, it is alleged. It is not heavily corroborated. Eh. Eh. Um, That's the American dream. But man. it would fit it right in with everything else. Um, so, moving right along. Um, I think at this point, since we've been talking about some of the others, we can uh, we can bridge to talk about some of uh, 
some of the non-exalted related issues in Onyx Path. Oh yeah, sure. Um... Exalted has been probably the worst one of this. It's just just from all the extenuating circumstances, just magnifying it. But well, it's like, not just exalted. Yeah, like like to give you a few more examples of exalted stuff where Richie just didn't bother to pay people. You know the exalted charm cards. You you've seen these charm cards, right? Oh yeah, I saw them a little bit. You can buy them. They're like over. They're one hundred and fifteen dollars to buy the physical ones and their PDFs together. Oh my god, yeah, that's and, was and they're, they're little cards that have the charms from Exalted written on them. $115 for a physical project product to buy. The person who made those charm cards was never paid. Holden hired him, went to Rich T and went, Alright, I'm going to put together his pay sheet. Time for you to pay him. Could you please pay him? Please sign off on this. A couple of times he went to Rich T and Rich T's response was, Nothing. Just ignored it until Holden went away. So if you own those Exalted Charm cards, uh, you paid money for them, and they never went to the Freelancer. Like, that work was stolen from that guy. Yep. <laughs> Where'd the money go? Who gets that money? And, and this is important to keep in mind, because that if... If you want a consistent third edition that's going to keep developers with a consistent vision and understanding of the lore and balance, they have to be they have to be able to stay on for the long haul. They can't be one and done people who get who get screwed over and then decide they're out. Hey, shit yeah. like that is how you get infernals, like second edition infernals, where they just brought in freelancers to put whatever they wanted in it. Isn't that at one point we love infernals? What? I mean, it's how you get chapters one and two of infernals. Okay, there we go. Yeah, like, like, Infernals was written by a bunch of different freelancers who never talked, and the worst parts of it were just a freelancer who was later in and out, gone. Um, as Dreams far of the First Age suffered from that, too. Yeah, um, when the, the Ink Monkeys, which had Holden and Mork in it, the Ink Monkeys were a bunch of free, old, uh, exalted freelancers who got together and released a free, complete charm system overhaul. They errated almost every charm across second edition, and when they got to the Dreams of the First Age charms, they rewrote them from the ground up. That's how broken they were. You paid money for things that had to be fixed from scratch. Um, other things that people didn't get paid for, where did the money for the art bump go? There was an art bump, a bump to the art uh, budget. If you look at the art in Exalted 3rd, and maybe look at the art in the leaked PDF or the, the backer preview, which is like poser art and sketches and really bad art, um, Apparently, some of that money went to Rich T's pocket, because as I said before, Rich T's the guy who did the art for the first edition vampire cover, you know, the rose on the green marble, right? He's an artist. He's, the, he's an art man. He has a lot of good art under his belt. I, don't, I didn't get specific pictures. Like, I couldn't get specific ones, but apparently a lot of the art that people wanted replaced was Rich T's own art, and he was fucking furious about it. Now, you might say, Rich T's been in the business for decades. He would never just freak out on someone over his art being critiqued. <laughs> oh, God. But... No this one is but, fun. But fuck you, Skeptic, because we have screenshots of him doing exactly that on the OPP forum. Damn, you want to tell this one? Oh, I would love to tell this one. Sam, so. this is your moment to fly. So, you know, on the Exalted Super, Super, Super version, the Oracalcum edition, the one that uh, has they gold have in it. Old Realm script on it, uh, which is kind of this, uh, you know, pseudo Mayan kind of cool thing. And it kind of basically 
there was a thread about people trying to figure out what it says because it's in a different language and it's, it was a cool thing. It was like one of the super happy things that was going on in the forums. And then one person uh, comments a very mild comment saying, oh, hey, these new designs are pretty cool, but honestly, I kind of like the old Mayan ones a little bit more. The aesthetic fit a little bit more with old stuff. I guess one's okay, though. And, oh... Apparently, Rich did the redesign, and he told us. He told us so loud, because he was furious that anybody didn't like these new styles better than the old ones, and that he had wasted weeks on doing this. And the person was just like, what are you going on about? I just said I wanted, I liked the old style a little better. I didn't say this new style was bad, I just liked the old one. It's like how people talk about music. And that thread got so toxic because of Rich, and people were goading him on about, hey man, have a little thicker skin. Four or and, five people were like, Rich T, what is your goddamn damage? Yeah, uh, eventually the form just locked it down, and there goes that uh, happy topic because... Rich just could not handle the most mild criticism. And like we have yeah. screenshots. Nobody even knew he did it. Yeah. I I'll was go, targeted. I'll, I'll go one step further. When I read that, when I read through that exchange, my take on it was that the individual who was being, you know, sore critical wasn't even being critical in terms of saying he liked one style better than the other. He was actually trying to do the interpretation and he was commenting that it was difficult to do the interpretation because that the changes made it not look like the old script. That was really, I that was where I thought his comment was. It wasn't even this a is, comment on the style. This is literally his comment. It's two lines. To be perfectly honest, I like the more Mesoamerican look in general, but this cleaned up look for a cover is nice. How yeah? How do you get how do you get such then, rage over that? Then the immediate line under that is, I also wish I had an extra couple hundred dollars during the Kickstarter to get this version. Like like he's like, I like the Mesoamerican stuff, but I really you know this this looks good and cleaned up and it's nice. I wish I had hundreds of dollars, you know, rent money to throw at this to get it. And Rich just completely blew up. He's like, I wasted three weeks of work redesigning them. How dare you? How dare you? And then he had the mods shut it down immediately. It was amazing. Do you want to read the actual words of Rich? Seriously? Okay, here, here's, here's Rich T's response to that. Seriously? You couldn't let us have fun with the new symbols without basically just telling me I wasted three weeks of work redesigning them? That's him. That's it. That's from, uh, I like the more Mesoamerican look, but the cleaned up look, looks, cleaned up look for the cover is nice. I, would, I wish I had hundreds of dollars to throw at this. You couldn't let us have fun with it? Fuck. And he gets worse from there. Yeah, you can look at the screenshots. He becomes an incoherent... Uh, it's exactly like someone I expect to have been working on Vampire since the 90s. Like, encapsulated in a person. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and I think that that actually... Uh, that actually showcases both the personality we're, that we're talking about here, but also how the community operates. Because that that... The fact that he basically turned on a fan that way, and then... When people were saying, basically, in as nice way as possible, calm down. It's okay. We actually like this. The mod, when it's clear that he can't get control of the situation, the mods lock it down. Yeah. And that's basically how everything has gone there. Whenever anyone tries to have anything that isn't a purely 
100% positive of exactly the way it is precisely produced. If anyone has a slice critique, it becomes very quickly about being about accusing that person of being too critical and trying to lock down the threat. Now, that's the, exactly what happened the, to me. Yeah, the, the person who made this comment, uh, Black, he's like, uh, he, he's been on that forum forever. He's been part of Exalted's community forever. He is like, he was here before I came in over ten years ago. Yeah, he's like almost two decades at this point. He's like the softest, most passive, most calm four member he always backed up the devs he always you know told people not to get so vitrolic and over the top he, he he's always one of those guys who's like hey let's have cooler heads prevail and uh what happened right after this happened is for the last like couple years like for the longest time he ends every post with the words and stuff like these are my thoughts and stuff and recently he was taken backstage on the forum and told by the mods that he is not allowed to do and stuff anymore because it's passive aggressive. After like 20 years of doing it. So now he had to move it down to the little signature section or else. Or else. Because, uh, spoiler alert, he got on Rich T's shit list. And it's very easy to do. Yeah, the forms are his vanity and, project. And basically, this, this goes hand in hand to the idea that, you know, that what they have is a is a culture where they try and lock down the, the the discussion and not hear any real criticism whether it's from the fans or the authors and uh but also that they don't actually have a sense of good community management because as someone who's been around the community for over 10 years and sort of left when it started to head this way i found other channels that i can talk in um what i noticed is that 10 years ago the the uh, the developer and stuff loved to have conversations and uh, and um, and the people working Ox Path would have conversations and it was very open and easy dialogue and now nothing like that. Get yeah. stuck into a you can't get stuck into an echo chamber. I mean, you what? you clearly can when you control the forum, and when the forum has been reduced to uh, less of a community and more of a glorified advertising platform, which I've always said that forum's turned into. Um, Should we talk about what happened with me? <laughs> sure, go for it, Sam. Go yeah. for it. So I'm so mine's preface... a little bit more contentious, but with the new devs, I wanted to take a nice uh, criticism of X3, and specifically a constructive criticism. That was the entire header of my post. So it's like, hey, this is this is things that have been complained about about X3. Let's talk about them and see if we can see if there's something to change going forward. We have new devs. Let's see their opinions on it. Let's let's move forward. Let's see what happened. Let's see if this was a problem or if this is just opinion. And here's my list of what I think is a problem. Here's, you know, be, be nice about it, be, but be constructive. But this is const uh, criticism too. And immediately shut down, just immediately. Nastily too. Yeah. Yeah. Rich... And oh, could continue. I messaged Mitch Rich uh, uh, privately saying, y y "You shouldn't do this. You should. It it's not fun getting criticism, but I am trying my hardest to be a constructive criticism here, and that's intentionally what the forum is post is about. And if you get stuck in these bubbles." the game will suffer for it. And he basically just told me that I was a selfish person and that I should not uh, bring my laundry list of complaints to the forum and pretty much 
telling me to go away. Every every one of these interactions we've documented, listeners, that you can see in that imager album, uh, with Rich T interacting with the community, is the community will say something. Rich T will say that's not the case. They'll say, well, okay, well, here's some examples. And Rich T says some variation of the line, you're being willfully ignorant. You are intentionally skewing facts. You are being ignorant. You're ignoring this. No matter what the context is, that is how Rich T will respond. He does it at least three times uh, that we have, that we've seen. Yeah. And like, how do you respond to that? How do you interact with someone like that who just will take you to task? Who will take fans to task over just trying to talk about the product? I mean, you can't. That's I'm not. I wasn't ever really technically banned from the forum, but I, it was pretty clear that I could never post there or else I would be banned. Oh yeah, and you know what? You know what's great? As soon as you posted that, Rich's um, basic response is like, "Let we shouldn't do this right now. This isn't a time to do this. And you know where I hear that? This isn't the time to talk about this. Any single time there's like some sort of a big thing that happens in the States uh, regarding like a contentious issue, the people who never want to change because it's in their best interest to keep things the same will be like, well, now it's not the time. Now's the time to, you know, either enjoy this new thing or to grieve about this thing or to think about this thing. We can have our time for change later. And that's exactly what Rich T does every time. The, the, the phrase is kicking the can down the road. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, that's basically what it is. It's, uh, anyone, anyone who comes into a project that's changing direction, uh, would always come in and say, okay, what are our assets? What are our liabilities? And what do we hope to achieve with those assets? And how do we overcome our liabilities? And basically what Sam and discuss there, as well as a lot of the, the community does, is they say, okay, well, we love a lot of things about Exalted. We talk about stuff all the time. But here's a little bit of a liability. So if we at least acknowledge what it is, maybe we can address it. And no, we're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's... The, the, the forum stuff is... It's not a big deal because it's a forum. Forums are a dying medium. Most companies don't keep them anymore. Most companies are much better at interacting with their fans on a forum than OPP is. Like, the people behind Eclipse Phase, um, Kevin Crawford from Sign Nominate has his Google Plus and RPG.net, and he is always active on those, and he's always providing feedback. Um, uh, the people who do Blue Rose and the people who do, um, I think, Mutants and Masterminds? They're always interacting with their fans yeah. and having like large, constructive, healthy, thriving communities. OPP has not ever changed or adopted or advanced, and that might have something to do with the fact that most of the people who have floated to the top are like have been doing this for decades. And, you know, they they were around when BBS's culture was a thing. So I don't know. Yeah, well the the point is the forum is not a big deal because the writers and the developers and then the people aren't really paid to interact with the fans. And if they're kind of bad at it, it's not their primary job. Yeah, even so though... they get told to do it anyway. Yeah, Rich T constantly... Uh, and again, this is coming straight from Holden and Mork. So if you think they're lying, then I don't really know what to tell you. But there's a lot of corroborating stories here. The reason we bring up the forum stuff with Rich T is Rich T publicly on his own forum displays this antisocial... Uh, anti-consumer behavior. So if he's willing to just drop that in the public space, what do you think he's like, you know, to people that he owns because he pays them? Which it's is... about character. 
yeah, like like this is a character piece. This shows you exactly what he's like to his to the people that give him money. How do you think he treats people that he that he is obligated to give money to? It's not a good image. Should should we talk about the relative amount that um, that people are getting paid? Yeah, so uh, a few of the devs that used to work with OPP, um, again, in our Imager album, uh, have gone on about the, the pay scale for Onyx Path. Rich T has publicly, and we have quotes from this, said that Onyx Path Publishing is one of the forefronts of the RPG industry. They're one of the most non-toxic, community-supporting, well-paying gigs out there. You're lucky if you work for, work for OPP. And they pay wages that are almost equivalent to what you would get working in the RPG industry in 1999. Like they pay out two to three cents. Uh, people, when they were working for CCP, per word. yeah, per word. Sorry, listeners, this is per word cents, which isn't quite. This is pretty important to. This is probably pretty important to get into. So writers are paid. Uh, it depends. I I couldn't really understand all of it, but it sounds like writers are paid on public words that are published. Yeah. No, actually, I believe that. Uh, believe that in a lot of uh, a lot of companies they're paid on words submitted and if something's left on the cutting room floor that's another matter but they're told you're to write this number of words and they're paid for the number they're contracted to write not they aren't if something's left on the cutting room floor it, they're not docked for that yeah opp does it a little differently so at opp anyway it is words per written words that eventually get published so if something gets cut they're just going to take that, not pay you, and they're going to turn it into another product and publish it, like with the antagonist books. I believe that's in good contracts. That would mean you would get paid for it later on. But of course, I mean, Holden and Mork wrote the jumpstart for Exalted Third Edition, like the 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 adventure that shows you how to play. They wrote that. They have credits on that, and they've not been paid for it. So, just throwing that out there. OPP is a bit of a special case because they do this so much. So yeah, you get paid cents per word that gets published. This is kind of the deal. Um, and the rate that OPP, that that White Wolf and CCP, the company that had the MMO that bought White Wolf, they were paying about five cents a word after you were working there for a long time. And this was early to mid 2000s. When people moved to Onyx Path Publishing, they were bumped down to three cents a word. To give you a context of scale, one to two cents a word was 1999 payments. And five cents a word is the minimum for literally every other company, it looks like, or for any other publishing gig. So the best you got in the mid 2000s was the highest, was the bare minimum you'd get today if you weren't working for OPP. Yeah, or, or, to, or to put it another way, they're basically earning less than less than half and probably somewhere around a third and that's assuming that OPP publishes every word they write and that doesn't happen so they're actually if getting paid a lot less if they ever receive their payment at all and yeah these wages are stagnant and not adjusted for inflation at all in a company that wants to take care of its writers and you know and puts out all these feelings for the tragedies they might endure or for the second and third jobs they have to work to be able to actually sustain a roof over their heads for their family to create all these books like to create all these books for onyx path publishing to line you know people's pockets like exalted third edition is contentious for a lot of people in at sponsored by nobody like we, there's like i don't know 15 of us but exalted was at the top of drive-through rpgs charts for months 
Uh, it was like at the top for for almost a year now, at least. It's like one of the best selling books they've ever had. It it, well, it raised like seven hundred and fifty. Uh, what was the number again? It was like six hundred and forty thousand dollars. Almost it's a million. Six eighty. So, yeah, uh, al almost uh, three quarters of a cool million. You know, in thirty days. So it makes all this money. It, it's making all this money for these people, and these people can't afford to live. So who's benefiting from this? The creator or the person who does the management for the creation? Sam, you were going to move on to the uh, the editing question. Yeah, so this is kind of something that's not come out from... Uh, this kind of come out from a tangent uh, from all of this drama. And we're talking about how all of this drama really affects the actual Exalted Third game line, about how when you have rotating people, you just, who aren't, who may or may not be very knowledgeable about the system, that you will get some weird books, like, what were some of the ones that you were referencing before? Like, two in, second edition Infernals, the first few chapters. Second edition Infernals, Oak. Scroll of Heroes, Scroll of Monks, these are all garbage. Yeah, that's caused by all of these systems where you have rotating artists, and it's why all this matters. And something that I found out that just kind of horrifies me is that there's not an editor for Onyx Path for uh, Path Productions, P O P P whatever. That this is so disorganized and so terrible that apparently Holden was sending things off to. OPP, assuming that there was an editor doing editing, and Rich went to him and said, hey, there's nothing's getting edited. Why aren't you getting an editor? And, you know... Yeah, all of a sudden it became the developer's job to hire an editor for the whole line, even though uh, he was just sending off editors. He was sending off work to the editor at OPP, be like, okay, whenever you're ready. Yeah, they eventually went with uh, one single editor. Uh, Shepard! Shepard, he's a we good all, guy. From we all love Shepard. He's great. Yeah, but he was in that. He was in that TV show, Freaks and Geeks. I keep hearing that reference, but I don't know what it is. Anyway, but I just want to point out that editing is not just uh, the technical editing. There's a lot more that goes on with editing, and it's vitally important. And the fact that Third Edition doesn't have, didn't really have a strong editor from the get go, just shows in the product and confirms my worst suspicions about why things, some of the bad things are so bad in um, third edition. And this will get controversial, obviously, with your opinions on how third edition is. But when you have a strong editor who's a good thematic editor, they will go through the entire book and say, hey, you're getting too involved in, say, crafting, and it's very complicated, and it doesn't flow with the rest of the uh, with the entire setting and you might need to smooth it out and make it so it works with other systems and you're getting too involved you need to pull back and look at the whole thing the editor is the person who sits there at the back and says I'm looking at the whole thing and making sure it all fits yeah and I'm not just the they're yeah, not just spell ahead. checkers and and when we say a competent editor from the get-go we don't say we're not saying that's the Shepard Stephen Shepard is a bad editor we're saying he clearly wasn't involved from the get-go if in the middle of it Holden had to hire an editor because because he was never told that the line didn't have an editor. And it's also the, the fact that Holden, the dev, kind of hired him as a secondary to uh, Onyx Path, uh, to uh, Rich. That 
that means that uh, the editor is subservient to the developer, which is not a good situation because the developer will just say, I'm going with this because you don't have power over me. Yeah, and also that speaks volumes of uh, Onyx Path Publishing's thought process on quality control. If the editor is so superfluous, they could forget to even include one and then get one of the devs just hire someone they know. One of like, the writers. Yeah, like one of the writers. Someone who's writing the content is now having to go back and edit the own content they wrote. That's a nightmare. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, That's why you why... have an editor. That's probably it. Make it clicks and makes sense of why uh, why all of the issues that I have problems with with third edition happen. It's why things are referenced poorly. Why the the organization is just terrible, and why the charms just go on. It's people when you don't have a strong editor, you just get the developers adding more and more and more and more, and not you don't have somebody saying cut it back, restrain yourselves. This happens in programming, which is why it bothers me so much, and I'm a programmer. It, it's you, you have a person who digs in their hole and gets so involved that they stop looking at the big picture. And the editor, the thematic editor, is supposed to do that. And, and the fact that we don't have one, and that one's hired and subservient to developers, it's just going to be a clusterfuck going on. Uh, yeah, and, and an editor is crucial to this kind of writing because they will understand, like, I, the word holistic gets thrown around, but that's what an editor is. They've read all of this content, they understand where it's all going, and you want the same editor in the same book line. You want them to be like, okay, we did this for the core book, we moved this around, so in, say, the realm, move some of this from the core book to the realm book, move some of this from the realm book to Dragonblood, cut this, change that, and then, you know, you can kind of shift things around because they have an understanding of everything that's happening. Making... They don't need to have an understanding of everything. They need to have the top-level understanding. Yeah, like, like that's what I mean. Like they, they're, they're there. They're in the project. But if the editor is just someone that a developer has to hire, and, and again, as a freelancer, it means anyone can be the editor. Like, what if Shepard just doesn't want to do more work editing books? Then someone else will be brought in who might not even check the 600-page manuscript that is the Exalted book. Um, from what or I've heard... Might, or things like the martial arts being so weirdly restricted. Or so weirdly weird organized. What brings up the other side of editing, the mechanics of it. And Onyx Path has uh, made something of a terrible habit of releasing in uh, PDFs before they're really done, and then enlisting the fan community to do most of the technical editing. So on their form, you will have organized, people will go through and find, oh, this word is spelled wrong, oh, you didn't put in a page reference here, and so on, and then they will compile them. And yet, even with these fans doing it, they still don't catch all of them. I mean, if like, you look at the uh, craft charms in, in uh, EX3, you'll find references to older drafts of the mechanics that both the writers and the fans caught that are still there in the final draft. And we're talking about um, that imbue the spirit or whatever. The thing that lets you change a sapphire or, or celestial circle evocation around from a previous version of evocations, which, which were the different level spheres of sorcery. Holden caught the that. Artifacts. Artifacts, sorry. Holden caught that. Everyone caught that. We all caught that thing, but in the final book that was printed with, like, you know, Rich T's sacred golden text on the front of it in the deluxe book, if you open up your PDF, that charm that references a beta version of Crafting the Evocations is still there. And will forever be in those metal and leather-bound copies. 
Uh, fun side. Isn't note. there the ambidextrous thing? Uh, that's something. Oh, God, that, that's... Yeah, that's something that speaks well to what to what uh, like like a proper line editor should kind of be looking at. Again, this isn't disparaging Stephen Shepard because most of these people are all freelancers. Like they're all freelancers. They're paid and they can be let go at a moment's notice. So they work with what they got. So and often they're working a second job. Yeah. So ambidexterity. So um, is a merit in Exalted that we've talked about before in our last video where we were just screaming, where Ambidexterity tells you that there are two-handed penalties, but it only tells you there are two-handed penalties once you read Ambidexterity. You don't know they exist if you've never looked that merit up. Yeah, basically, Ambidexterity gets rid of a penalty that nobody know existed. It's uh, it's a mermaid, it's the mermaid can breathe on, drowns on land merit. Yep. Air-breathing mermaid problem. Yeah, so an air-breathing mermaid problem is coined, I think, from Exalted, actually, where you don't know there's a problem until they introduce a mechanic to solve the problem. So you could go your whole life playing Mermaid the Air-Breathing, where you play mermaids in a new world of darkness, and then when the player's guide comes out, it gives you a merit that lets you breathe on land. And you're like, but couldn't I always breathe on land? And you're like, no, you actually can't. This merit tells you that you drown if you try to go on land, unless you have this merit. And you're like, but we just played the last year not knowing that. That's more yeah. mechanical side, too. Yeah, but a strong thematic and mechanical editor, who might be two different people, ideally, uh, would be able to look through the manuscript and say, oh, you're missing things in the core concept. Oh, or say, like, your, your wording here is confusing. Uh, try to streamline it down. Like, uh, you were saying a, a while ago in some of our conversations about how a, a different game line uh, would specifically look at text boxes and how they fit on the page and you'd be like oh this text box can only fit a certain amount of words and i have to get this entire concept across on this physical page layout because things still have to fit on the page yeah right yeah exactly this is all stuff that editors do and editors are extremely important and to find out that they're just kind of hired it's terrifying and speaks volumes to just how terrible this company is run like right. that, like that's a cost-cutting measure that's you know just have the developers write whatever have the writers write whatever have them submit their projects put it all together in a book stamp some japanese hieroglyphs on it huck it out the door that's second edition that's exalted under chambers and with the antagonists being revealed that they're buffing the stats and massaging the numbers out of the scale of what exalted is that's what's coming next. Some of the comments Mork and Holden have made on the Arms of the Chosen previews has been like, hey, a lot of this stuff we rejected because it was a little bit mechanically unsound for the for the health of the game line. Like, a lot of this stuff will, will change the balance and weren't doing the right thing. Like, some of these artifacts that are being previewed are the ones we rejected because they were making the artifacts more characters than the characters. Like, they were being secondary stat blocks. You don't want that. And it's all coming back now because it's content that was written. And it's not content Holden and Morkrow because they redacted theirs. So now all the stuff that was rejected is being massaged, fixed up, cleaned up. And, you know, it's probably very good. But now Exalted Third is moving from that balance that, that, that Holden and Mork spent four years trying to attain. Yeah, And, and again, I, I think it's a good point to remind you that we're not complaining about the people who are doing that, like the new devs or anything. They're often put into positions that are impossible. Right. This is about the issue, uh, this is about Onyx Path's failure to have a good process, 
nor to care about the well-being of its developers, the game line, or what the fans need to continue the game line. This is ultimately very detrimental to the line as a whole because if you don't have the consistency guaranteed by writers who stay on board for a long time, editors who uh, editors who understand everything that's going on enough to make sure that things fit both literally as well as thematically, you're basically going to end up with lots of things that don't match up, which is pretty much how we ended off second edition. Um, but, you know, it's also bad in terms of the hobby as a whole. One of the things I, I keep coming back to is that if you have people who are who are interested, and particularly because that a lot of fans to choose to go into doing this as a hobby, as, as a second or third job, you know, if they start looking at these sort of situations or start hearing stories about this, it's highly discouraging. And uh, And given that our hobby, you know, our hobby relies on this sort of creativity and this desire of fans to step up, you know, rewarding this sort of behavior on Onyx Path's part just strikes me as probably counterproductive for us. Well, and this is something I've been grappling with, and a lot of the guys back here have been talking about, the, the ethics of supporting Onyx Path. Onyx Path has Kickstarters running all the time. Onyx Path has their own licenses they're trying to grow that aren't tied into the properties that Paradox and White Wolf own. They're trying to branch out. But right now... World of Darkness and Exalted and a few others are something that Paradox and New White Wolf have some form of editorial control over a bit. Like, they, they can say yay or nay to things. They, they sign off on proofs. So, how do we support the creative types? The Holdens, the Morks, Vance, Minton, Shepard. How do we support them? Or David A. Hill is someone we should cycle back to. Um, how do we support these people? Because they make stuff we like while still telling Onyx Path and Rich Thomas that this very this 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 very selfish way of running the company where you steal from your creative types and take from them and don't give back is wrong. I mean, a lot of these people have Kickstarters, but they can't produce content for the game lines we like. Or not Kickstarters, a lot of these people have Patreons, sorry. But they can't produce content for, say, Exalted through their Patreon if they're working on it for Onyx Path. So I'm not too sure what the solution is. Sorry, Peter. Well, you're... you know, they could still, well, you could still donate to their Patreons without expecting anything in return with their wink, wink, nudge, nudge being that, you know, they continue their work and so on and so on. I mean, that's something I've, I've thought about. Like, I, you know, yeah, pirate everything that Onyx Path puts out and then just give it to the developers. But the developers aren't the ones that make yeah. these books. All right, you have writers, you have editors, you have layout people, you have the, the artists. Uh, Apparently, you don't have editors. Oh, you, yeah. Uh, well, you always but, but, try asking them for making some stuff open source, alternative settings. You know, not exalted, not vampires, something, something, but very similar. That you could just take whole cloth, put it in the actual games. Uh, a lot of these people have very specific non-competition clauses in their contracts. Mm. The only part of their yep. contracts that seem to be ever written uh, with an eye on them. Like Holden and Mork can't do anything Exalted-esque for years to come. Um, they've also said that they don't really want to anymore. But I mean, that's... Would you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Kevin well, there you go, Burn. Pull out. Yeah, uh, Kevin Crawford of Godbound uh, talked about this a little while back. Uh, and it got me thinking about how you support creative types. And basically, the the days of supporting 
freelancers hired on to work on an IP like Exalted or the World of Darkness are coming to a close. Like the people at Eclipse Phase, it's basically the same people. The, the people who do Blue Rose, still basically the same people. Shadowrun is a goddamn mess. Shadowrun ran pyramid scams and stole from their freelancers and like ran a bunch of retail scams. And you should never support the Shadowrun people. Um, but Onyx Path is one of these people they're turning into where... They have these IPs that we love. I like Exalted. I'm a big fan. I wouldn't be a fan of the devs if, you know, if I wouldn't be here making this podcast with you guys if I wasn't a fan of the work that Holden, Mork, Shepard, Eric, or Mitten, Vance, uh, GWG, and, like, Rebecca Moran made. But we can't support these IPs because, you know, OPP owns it, and OPP is going to do shady tactics. And what Kevin Crawford said is that the only way to support these people is for them to cultivate their own independent property. Like, he cultivates his own. He has Stars Vote Numbers and Godbound and all his little projects, and he's the only guy who's really in charge of it, and he gets all the profits from it. It's a smaller cut because he doesn't have the name brand recognition of the old IPs, but those IPs are unsustainable, it looks like. like it's a shame, because I don't have anything against an IP structure, as long as things are working well. It's, well, it's, go ahead. It seems the IP structure is Exalted always exists because Exalted is its own thing. It doesn't matter who writes for it. You know, anyone can be hired as a freelancer to make Exalted third books as long as the fans eat them up until they stop eating them up. Then it's time to shut down for like a year and create, you know, fourth edition. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like the people who say you should go support comic movies, even if Batman vs. Superman really, really sucks. If you want a better, if you want something better than Batman vs. Superman, you can't go seeing Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, you got to go watch Chronicle. Yeah, so same story with Exalted. If you want a better Exalted, and Exalted is screwing over the people who are doing the best creative work and also not resulting in the creative work that benefits the Exalted line, then you have to not buy from the person who's creating it. Yeah. Or complain to people. Or, yeah, like, I think that's the only thing that we, I really want to do with this podcast here is let people know, you know, Onyx Path Publishing is not the best in the industry. They're clearly making mistakes. Even the conversations I had with that one developer for Demon, he's like, no, 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 Onyx Path Publishing does not do the best they could. But he was, you know, he was he was trying to refute a lot of the things that were happening. Unfortunately, he didn't know much about Exalted specifically, and there wasn't much there. But people seem to know, but I don't think the public face of Exalted, the fans know, that this goes on in the background. Exalted isn't just something that'll exist forever, regardless of who works on it. You need people who care. First edition was at its best when uh, Grabowski and Jenna Morin were working on it. Second edition was at its best in the early days, before a rubber stamp method was applied to everything. Back when actual people were working on, you know, the same books from line to from book to, from book to book to book. And third edition, you know, it'll probably be really good from the core book with uh, uh, Holden and Mork. It'll probably be good for the books that Mitten and Vance write. But eventually, Mint and Vance might not be around because Rich Thomas has shown that it isn't Rich Thomas and how he runs the company that's wrong. The, the, the developers who are freelancers who don't make enough money to make this their primary job, they're the replaceable ones. And that's really, that's, that really comes into the Batman versus Superman uh, argument perfectly because a lot of those superhero movies that are really grim and dark and don't make a lot of money, they suffer from a creative team will come on board and shoot them like you know you'll get your josh tranks or you'll get your um edgar wright who did ant-man they'll shoot a very unique thing and then the suits the the committee the people who own the ip will come in and say this isn't marketable they'll chop it up 
and they'll have reshoots done to make it more palatable for what people want. And it's not a direct parallel, but, you know, saying the developers, the people who write the fiction, write the mechanics, who know the ins and outs of how this works and what the play experience is for a tabletop game, who knows what people behind the table are going to be seeing, saying that these people are so disposable that you could swap them out with any person who will work for freelance pay, that is, you know, stagnant wages from 1999 that haven't ever accounted for inflation, that's a very damning thing to say about um, what Onyx Path Publishing really thinks about their fan base and about the role-playing game experience that they're trying to produce. And I'm just going to go out and say that, you know, um, say that when all stuff started coming out, I actually had done what I think that RT and Onyx Path in general probably would have wanted me to, and I put a lot of the blame for Exalted 3rd Edition's uh, delays and various problems at the feet of Holden and Mork and the other writers, but it turns out I didn't know a lot of the story, and as more of it came to light, I... I think that we, I think that, you know, it was really important to make sure that people could understand what was truly going on in the background so they could see that it's not just about whether or not you buy things from Holden or Mork that matters. It's also whether or not you're going to patronize the thing that set this whole project up and them up to fail. Yeah, exactly. If you listen to the Godbound versus Exalted episode, we do the exact same thing. I do the exact same thing. I come off not knowing anything. If I knew then what I knew now, it would be different. I'd probably still be as much of an asshole about the mechanics and why I don't like how third edition runs mechanically. But yeah, that's... we can still disagree with yeah, Holden. But that doesn't work. That doesn't matter because even if I don't like what Holden and Work did mechanics-wise, it's not fucking fair that they're not getting paid for the goddamn work they did, and they've worked on this shit for four years. Pay them, Rich. Don't wait for the fans to get uppity. Don't wait for them to go on Twitter. Don't make passive-aggressive posts saying, oh, well, whoever hasn't been paid, I wouldn't know anybody. Please come to me. I just hired someone, his wife, to be the person who takes care of the financial side of things. Go to them and make sure it's done. It certainly isn't my fault I've been paying these people. Just pay them. Just pay the freelancers and let it go. Give them their I comps. Like, give them a, you know, a, what is, what are they called? A contract? Like, yeah. Give your freelancers a contract so they can write their books. Uh, give them their author's comps they're owed. Fulfill your promises from White Wolf. Just be I, good. The, the author's comps seems like the weirdest one to me, to be honest, because I know books cost somewhat. Like, it's what, $30, $40? It costs for... quite a lot, actually, to, to order from DriveThru, because they don't get access to the same discounts, I don't think. Like, uh, someone brought it up, actually, that to give everyone who, who's owed an author's comp an author comp would be a couple grand at this point, because they've wasted so much time not doing it. Well, I mean, that's because they've been stiffing them out of people, but say... Yeah, I couldn't do it in bulk. Yeah, but like, what is it, a hundred dollars or so? That's, it's a fair chunk, but it's like the most symbolic slap in the face I could ever imagine. It's not really the money for the author's comp, it's just, it's just a symbolic slap in the face. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, you know, you, you ran a Kickstarter that said, we're going to give the, the developers a pay bump, and then you didn't? What's wrong with you? You didn't even fully pay them. Yeah, you haven't fully paid them. Uh, the the jumpstart's gone out and they haven't been paid for it. Just pay them. 
Like I, I've heard, I've heard rumblings that maybe the Exalted Kickstarter stuff, like uh, like Holden and Mork are supposed to get a copy of the core book. I've heard rumblings that that might be going out to them, and it's like, okay, good, great, give them the rest. Don't do this next time. Even if it is going out, it's just the delays. The delays are unacceptable. Yeah. Uh, these... like, you shouldn't have to fight tooth and nail for things that are owed to you. Right. Holden and Mark I... shouldn't have to be very public about this on Twitter uh, so that fans will pick it up and start digging, which is what we did. There was like, what, five or six of us? And we just started digging. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you where, where I stand on this after all this is done. And until I find out that these authors are being treated well, yeah, there's some stuff that Onyx Path is putting out there that might be interesting. I happen to be interested in sign. I ain't picking it up. I, I can't. I can't in good conscience do it while That's... I know that their people are getting stiffed. And that was kind of the thesis when I first started reading about this. People should know they should be able to read this stuff and they should be able to make a decision on their own. And you're not bad if you buy their stuff after going through all this. Yeah, sure, you know what? It's totally possible that Horde and Mork bullshitted all of this. And the other two people that haven't got paid. And the person from Changeling who hasn't got paid. And the fact that Holden Mork worked on Werewolf and other product lines and never got compensated. It's, it's very... I'm sure like six or seven people could have collaborated to make a stink. That's within the realms of reason. That's happened. So if you just choose to say, hey, this didn't happen, fine. But there's other evidence, like the way Rich T acts, uh, the way that Kickstarters have been pushed and stuff, like the, the, the way Onyx Path has treated its community. These things exist. These, these dots aren't particularly stretched to connect together. What I want is I want, like, Paradox or whoever is in charge now to, like, look at OPP and say, hey, 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 give us some records. Somebody with power. Like, if we can get some, some, if we can get some stink going on to get that to happen, that would be happy. I'd well, be all right, bad. listeners, because the, the ethics of this is, yeah, I don't know. Like, I like Scion. I like Exalted. I like um, Aberrant. Uh, I like a lot of the New Wad stuff. I think the New Wad stuff is very on point. I love the 20th anniversary lines. I think they were an excellent love letter to the fans. But at this stage, yeah, if listeners, if you're concerned about what to do and you don't want to not give OPP money, then there is a man named Tobias Swarjan. He runs White Wolf Publishing. He is he is the highest point of contact just shy of Paradox Interactive. He deals with the RPG side, and he uh, he would be the person to reach out to. His, his email is public. Um his Paradox Interactive email, like if you email Paradox Interactive, or I'm sorry, if you email White Wolf Publishing, like if you go to their website and find their email, he answers those emails. Like he is a very hands-on dude. So if you want to just express your discontent, um, take it up with him. He's answered. He, he's answered people who've reached out to him. There's multiple threads in RPG.net where he's gotten back to people. You know, he's, he is a very, uh, he's very much involved with the community. I would I would be more comfortable with uh, somebody like him heading a internal investigation of what's going on with LPP than honestly even our podcast of uh, even though we've got uh, Holden and Mork and all the, all these sources it would be nice to have something like that going a third party on, arbitrator yeah and and just keep in mind that uh, that a lot of these lines and I think even Exalted in particular is not owned clear free and clear by Onyx Path. No, it's uh, Paradox owned. It, it Paradox owns it. They just license it. So in the event that um, that that uh, 
paradox or specifically white wolf finds that it would be better for any number of reasons to not continue to let paradox do it and uh, not to not <laughs> let uh Onyx path do it and just do it themselves or find someone else to do work with then that might be uh for the benefit of pretty much everyone involved fans and uh and well, writers alike there there is a danger here and it's something that you know you should probably we should probably talk to fans it, if you talk to people and if you you kind of take part in this idea of asking for what actually happened and maybe get the books you know finalized and lined up properly there's a non-zero chance that uh, that uh white wolf publisher might go it's just not worth it and pull licenses and then you might not just get exalted anymore and if you would rather have exalted than not have it don't do it you know there's a non-zero chance i don't know how much the fan uh the fan words are weighed but don't do it then but well at the same my time, opinion on that if people aren't getting paid you know is that right my opinion on that and it's even more of the ethics concern is going back to the rotating developer thing is that Sure, maybe the first few books of Exalted, if they're put out like this, are will be okay, but it's going to crumble if you have rotating freelancers. It's going to turn into second edition all over again. I mean, some people liked the second edition and just want more content. Like the lore for Exalted has been on point, so well, if you if it's been you point now. Uh, if you liked Infernals one and two and the original text of Graceful Wicked Masks and Scroll of of the Monk and and all that stuff, if that's your jam, then all the more power to you. I mean, that seems a little bit that doesn't seem that doesn't seem right, Gary. But all right, uh, I'm just saying, yeah. If you want something to be done about this, I would contact uh, White Wolf Publishing. They're the people who have the keys to the kingdom. They're the ones who talk to Rich about this kind of stuff. Um, I would love to hear that all of this has been cleared up. I would love to hear this is all a big misunderstanding, but we have enough... Yeah, we'd love to be wrong. Yeah, it was absolutely disappointing, because keep in mind, when I first heard this, I was the guy that's like, oh, they got rid of uh, Holden and Mork. They did pretty good work, but uh, yeah, now we got new devs, and these devs talk to the fans and stuff, and it's like, oh, these devs are talking to the fans because because Rich T's like, hey, you need to talk to the fans or else. Or, hey, you guys are the new devs now, but watch out. It's like, oh no. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's That doesn't sound awesome. No. It's all stinks. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, and, and, hopefully letting it air out will uh, will make it a little bit will help the situation in some ways. Oh, yeah, That's the, my the, hope. The same sort of thing happened uh, with Changeling uh, with David A. Hill. So yeah, David A. Hill was doing the second edition of Changing the Lost. He was doing a bunch of work on it. He was uh, you know, he, he was one of the writers that people were really excited for and he left Onyx Path Publishing due to a separate issue, a fairly big issue that uh, could not even fit in this video uh, regarding uh, White Wolf Publishing and a few other things. But he left probably two, two, two weeks before he left, people knew he was leaving, and then Onyx Path massaged the truth to say that they were getting ready to replace him for months ahead of time. Like, there's a whole Twitter conversation about it where he's like, how would they be ready to replace me for months if they only knew I was going to leave very shortly? And then apparently people in the background knew that they were getting ready to get rid of him. It's a very confusing and weird thing. And what it results to is changing the Lost Second Edition is coming out, and he's probably not going to see any of the money for it, even though he made it. 
basically they're backdating the firing of him to not pay him. If, is that what I'm getting? I think that's what it's looking like. It's a little trickier because it's part of a whole other thing, so I, I didn't put much... Uh, I couldn't get much optics on it, but it's uh, it's shocking. And, and it's not just Exalted, because this is something that happened in Werewolf 2, Werewolf 2nd Edition. It, again, Exalted is just like the... The it's eye. what we know best. And it's, it's the one we know best about, and it's also been the one that's been most public about all the disasters that have been going on internally. It's We do Exalted it, podcasts. We don't do Chronicles of Darkness podcasts. So this is what we know. Ultimately, though, <laughs> like this sort of as a takeaway, we're not doing this because we hate anyone. We don't hate Rich Key. We don't hate Onyx Path. If we're doing it because we care about the game line and we care about the hobby. We want the writers to be treated fairly, and we want the fans to be treated fairly, too. And Lying to the fans isn't treating them fairly, and not developing a game line and, and uh, cultivating talent isn't in treating anyone fairly. I mean, we do this from a place of love, and if it sounds like we're complaining a bit, it's because we care, and yeah. not because we have an axe to grind. You'll get a lot of... We do complain. We do complain, and you will get a lot of people who are uh, who don't really have perspective and a little and are a little bit weird. Who will be like, "Oh, you must absolutely hate these people." I've run into these people; they're nuts. Uh, who are like, "You must absolutely hate this stuff and think about it all the time." It's like, nah. I just hope it wasn't like this. And it's like, if I hated this, why would I make this entire piece talking about how these guys were screwed? You know, if I hate Exalted Third so much, why do I constantly read the lore about it? Like. When you're listening to this, don't write it off as quote-unquote haters, um, because that's a very gross oversimplification. We, This is something we're all interested in. This is something you're interested in if you're listening to this. And... Yeah, they've gotten all the way through this podcast, <sighs> yeah. Oh, it's only an hour. Come on. But, uh, you know, this, this is something that affects us all as people who like Exalted, and I would feel more confident in Exalted if I knew that the creative... The people in charge of managing the creatives... And the, the, the developers and the writers had enough confidence in Exalted to give them uh, people that have a vision, a singular vision, that will stick around and will allow these people to stick around by giving them fair compensation for the work they're doing. Uh, intern culture is wrong. It steals from people. Exposure is something you die of. So <laughs> you can't do this to people and still say that Onyx Path is one of the be better companies in the RPG industry. Uh... If you keep acting like this, you're going to be as badly regarded as Catalyst. And Catalyst, like, stole from people and committed actual crimes. I think that's everything, right, guys? It's it's all just kind of pretty sickening, in my opinion. Yeah, it's disappointing. I would have liked it to be a simple narrative where Holden and Mork just weren't the right fit for the job and were gone, and we got new guys. That would have been nice, but uh, it could have yeah. just been that simple. You know, there wrong. is always the possibility that they're sore about being fired, but I, I kind of just doubt it. I, I, not mean, when... I mean, them and all those other people, and people not even from Exalted, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, the uh, the documentation will all go up with this podcast so everyone can uh, can come to their own conclusion. Yep, there will be an imager link that goes out with this wherever we post it. Um, we're going to archive today, back it up. Um, so if you want to look at previous ways we've commented on this through the different archives, oh god, don't do that. But uh, there will be actual facts tied to this, or, or screenshots and conversations we've had with the people who are right there happening. So if you're interested in seeing... like we're, We are making this podcast based on stuff we have read from the people involved. So the speculation comes... You can see all the same information we saw and draw your own conclusions, and I encourage you to do it. 
Um, maybe reach out to Holden. There's a there's an IRC channel. If you look up Exalted uh, IRC channel, you can find Holden and Mork, and you can chat with them. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're around. So, you know, if you don't trust us or don't believe us or think we might be getting it all wrong, reach out to them. Bypass us. We're people who run a podcast. Podcasts are like the lowest form of entertainment. You're just going to let that hang there. Yeah, no, yeah. In the cold, <laughs> was, crushing gonna, void. Like, well, it could be. Anyway, I think that's it for us, though. I think we got everything we wanted to say out. Yeah. This was good. So, um, I guess we should sign off then. I've been Devin. This is Gary. This is Sam. This is Max. And Peter. And this is sponsored by Nobody. Exposure 3rd Edition. Signing off.